you got to see firsthand the obedience of our child and also how the father discourages her from running across the, the, ch the chancel. Um, I want to say uh, it's good to be back after a couple weeks of vacation, and it's, it's often a, a wonderful thing for us to return after being elsewhere and coming home. Uh, that is, Seattle is now our home, and, and Lamb of God is our home. And uh, while gone over the two Sundays, we were able to visit other churches and, and be with uh, other Christians and other fellow Lutheran Christians, that is. And uh, there were two things we learned from it. One is, is certainly it's always good to go and hear from brothers and sisters who are elsewhere. Uh, we visited Epiphany and uh, in Helen, uh, Helena, Montana. And we also learned that uh, as a family, uh, if I were not a pastor, we would be the family that's always late to church. <laughs> Continuously, we were five to ten minutes late to the services, and um, it was the one-year-old. She was the one who did it to us, pretty much. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> But we, we also also very much learned uh, just how grateful we are to have the family that we do have here where they uh, to allow us to go and to take a break like we, we did and grateful for the staff that we have here with uh, Pastor Marcus and with Janelle who uh, did everything they could not to talk to me at all while I was gone. Actually, I think that was probably pretty easy. Uh, pretty easy for them, but... Um, it was it was wonderful, and thank you for that opportunity. Um, I did find, though, coming back, that I, I got the luxury of preaching on, on the wives' submitting text and did my best to try and switch it with Marcus, but he, he tried not to be in the office as much as possible <laughs> to get out of it. And so as, as I was looking at this, I, I am reminded that oftentimes when I'm doing premarital counseling, uh, this, this comes up very often, especially within couples where they're very familiar with Scripture. And uh, we have a hard time understanding what are the directives that are given to the, the Christian family here, especially when it mentions to the wife that the wife is to submit. And it's not, it's not really a term that we can get around, and it's not, uh, not one that we can escape. And so we have to struggle with it and come to terms with it. And I, I try to remind them of what it is my grandmother told me when I asked her about this text. And my grandmother, a very strong woman and a very strong woman of faith, and, and she just said to me, uh, Bradley, uh, submitting to my husband does not mean I am barefoot and in the kitchen. <laughs> and that's often the way that we take the word submitting. That scripture is trying to take the woman and set her to the side and that restrict her to certain things in a way that it betrays who she is as a creation of God. But that's not true. That is something that culture has done to that word submit. But for us to understand what Paul is talking about here in these verses, we actually have to begin at the beginning of this chapter with the text that Pastor Marcus preached on last weekend. Because at the beginning of this chapter, Paul starts to talk about who we are now. He's trying to answer the question, so now what? Now that we have been saved, now that we are people of God, 
how do we live in this world? Who are we? What is different? And he begins the chapter, chapter 3, by saying one of the most important verses in all of the Pauline epistles, in my opinion. Since you have been raised in Christ, set your mind on things above, where Jesus Christ is. Coming out of that verse, he begins to go into a chapter, a chapter that I actually wind up using in premarital counseling, and insisting that the couples use in their wedding even. Because it describes who we are as Christians and ones who have now uh, been engaged by Christ, transformed by Christ, and made into something new. And so we put on our new selves, clothing ourselves in Christ. And so Paul begins by saying, since we have been raised with Christ, set our minds on things above where Jesus Christ is. So we put away malice and anger and wrath and greed. We take on humility and love and kindness. We remember that the Lord is Lord, as he said in our Old Testament reading. And we try to live those two great commandments. So what is it that makes us different? What is it that makes the Christian home It's a home that has been raised in Christ. Sometimes when we read chapters like this, chapters that have a long uh, list of things that we are to have put away and things that we are now to have embraced, it's like we are suddenly dropping off after certain verses. Well, that was not me this week. Obviously, this was not my week to let go of anger. This was a heck of a week to try and quit malice. As if our problem was smoking a cigarette. So maybe this week, as you've heard and gone through the devotions that we're going through Colossians 3, and, and this upcoming week, as we are finishing out this chapter with our devotions, you're able to look back and say... I did not do very well with sexual immorality this week. I did not do very well with the anger and the wrath that I held against my neighbor or maybe even my wife or husband. Maybe this wasn't, but it could have been. Maybe you are struggling with all of those things. Maybe maybe you're someone who struggles with anger. Maybe you're someone who struggles with speech. Maybe you are someone whose heart continues to wander towards gossip. Maybe you are someone who's struggling with their eyes constantly being drawn towards sexual immorality. You don't have to be. Maybe this is the hard week for you to to actually take the word submit and allow it into your, your life. Maybe it's hard for you to consider love in the way that it's spoken about. And as we all know, the word obey, well, that should be just its own controversy in itself. But it doesn't have to be. 
Because even though you may be struggling with each of those parts of Scripture, even though you may be having trouble with that malice, with that greed, with that anger, maybe you can read that set of chapter and see that you do not fit into that perfect picture. But there is one part of it, one part of it that is always and certainly true about you. Something that has been established in your life that makes all the rest of it different. There is something that is unshakable to you. And it is that phrase, since you, you have been raised in Christ. In your baptism, by the power of God's Word, you are someone who has walked away fully living, given full life, You are someone who has been raised in Jesus. No matter your struggle with anger, no matter your struggle with immorality, the enemy will not triumph over this promise to you. You are someone who has been raised in Christ. So all the rest of it, all the rest of it becomes an actual reality to us. We hear the words that, that Paul proclaims before all of or Peter proclaims before all of Jerusalem, right after the ascension, right after Pentecost, where he's looking out over a crowd who, who probably would have nothing to do with the Lord and nothing certainly to do with just taking the commandments down to two. And he says before them, Quoting, you have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. The Lord has made known a path of life to you. In fact, he has given that life to you. He has raised you to that life. John writes to his own churches as he's considering this very same thing, and he says, We know that we have been passed over from death into life. That we have been moved over from death into life. And whoever does not abide in love abides in death. So it's people who have been raised, who have, who have moved over from bound towards death, bound towards emptiness, you have been moved over into life. And while you are in this life, you are abiding in His love. So if this is true, everything has changed for you. Not just your life. Not just who you are, not just this new raised life of yours, but the way you see everybody else. The way you see everything else. You'll notice that Pastor Marcus and myself, we we have bracelets, two bracelets. And they're very similar to each other, but different. He can talk about his in his own sermon sometimes. But mine, mine has printed on it, uh, stamped into the leather, the word redefine. Because I'm someone who oftentimes needs to be reminded 
of what Jesus has done. And that word redefined to me reminds me of the way that he has raised me to a new life, a life that is defined differently to the life that he found me in. But it also reminds me that he has redefined the way that I look at everybody else. That I see them as someone who is worth loving. That I see them as someone who is worth putting before myself. And the first place that I am able to practice this redefinition is in my home. Where I am not offended to hear that I must love my wife. Meaning that I must put her before myself. To follow the very definition of love that Christ has given, which is to die for your brother or your sister. To love her is to set the wife above myself so that I can meet her needs, that I can talk to her, that I can care for her, that I can fully love her. That when she walks in the room, I dare to turn off Netflix. And that is a challenge. (laughs) And so we as Christians, people who have been redefined, people who have seeing the way that we look at each other redefined. We are not we are not insulted. We are not offended by hearing that in the home submitting is a thing. Setting the other person first is the way we live. Loving is the way we live. Even as fathers even as parents, doing so in such a way that our children are never discouraged. Too often and in too many times, we hear stories about the way the home, the way we were raised, continues to disturb our days today, carrying over the sins of our parents and our fathers. It's real, and it's true how that discouragement can carry on well past our childhood. But in each of those cases, we can remember that we have been raised to new life. As parents who have the opportunity to not discourage but to love, we remember that we have been raised to new life as people who are still building our homes, starting our life out, we can remember that we are people who have been raised to new life. As people who are being taken on a journey of learning what it fully means to love somebody else, we can remember that we have been raised with Christ to a new life. And that in Christ... He has made known the path of this new life. So we are not looking. We're not looking to try and explain away the importance of the Christian home. We're not looking to explain away the instructions that Paul gives us to submit and to love. I'm not even going to try and balance it out. 
Because when I am called to love in the Christian home, and when you are called to love in the Christian home, we do it as Christ did, and that means sacrificially. That means handing over my ego and my pride. That means handing over first my desires for somebody else's. It means stopping the center of the world here and making it on Jesus, which is bringing it to somebody else. We live today in a culture that makes it very easy to put away these words. Where we look at our Instagram and our Facebook and all of those different things, our Twitter, and we see the way that we try to raise up our ego and raise up our pride and raise up ourselves for the sake of eye-pleasing and people-pleasing. But not for the Christian. And not in the Christian home. Because our homes, our lives, have been raised in Christ. They have been redefined. They have been made into something new. And they are the first place where the reality of the prayer that hopefully we say every day becomes true in our lives. Thy kingdom come. Because where the love of God dwells, where the house is made on the foundations of His love, there we will find the truth of His kingdom now. And we will see it spread. Not just in our lives, not just in the life of our husband or our wife or our children or our grandchildren or our friends, but out to our neighbors, out into the world, bringing closer to the time when our Lord will come back and make this kingdom full. It all begins in your home. And in your home, we love. Amen?